0: Well, hello. Hello, regular Drews. Hello, everyone. <laughs> um, Yeah. So today we are here for episode 26? 36. 30, 36. I, yes. I did. Yes, I realized that. Gosh. No, you're dang. good. You're good. <laughs> they, it, that's a lot of freaking episodes. It is. That's a lot of
1: episodes. It's probably so. over, I mean, I'm trying to do math here, 72. Is that double of 36. Seventy-two hours, probably. Oh God! Yeah, of you're regular right. Nancy Drew, probably closer Ooh. to eighty if we're being honest, because we've also got a few <laughs> bonus episodes in there, like our Halloween yeah. episode and all that. Mm-hmm, so,
0: mm-hmm. I hope y'all aren't sick of us yet. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are, too bad. Prepare <laughs> be sick of me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, today we're going to be talking about Nancy Drew Girl Detective Number One without a trace.
1: Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew?
0: We sure hope so. And we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to regular Nancy Drew. Corey. <laughs> yes. So tell me your first impressions. Because I, I almost it so started. So <laughs> much. I know we already almost started talking about it before we had to like stop ourselves. It's so hard when we get together and to it just not, not talk about I it. I love it so much, Corey. And I, I definitely don't think it's perfect. And I don't think that it is great. Mm-hmm. But I love it so much. And I do think that part of this is because the, I, they, the feeling of them is so familiar and nostalgic to me. And I don't Aww. know this for sure. But I think it is because this is primarily the series that I read when I was like a child, child. Like this gotcha. was probably one of my very first experiences with Nancy Drew aside from the original 56. Right. So, Well, yeah. this
1: was published in 2004. So that's probably about the right timeline you know mm-hmm. for for when you mm-hmm. would have started reading these so god how
0: old is I in 2004 9 mm, 10 11 9
1: oh
0: mm. okay right I don't know no yeah you're right yes <laughs> okay. sorry I just can't do math I did we've that's talked okay. about this before I don't talk about I, I can't <laughs> do math anymore I literally my brain's just broken The numbers break it every time but yes no
1: yeah that's probably we right. were 24 back then we're 24 still now today
0: it doesn't matter. We'll just go with 24 for everything. Yes, it's Yes, okay. 24 forever, 24 forever. <laughs> um, but so I loved it. What did you think, Corey? It was, this was the
1: first time I've ever read any of The Girl Detectives, so it was definitely mm-hmm. very different. The first person perspective threw me off a little bit. Yeah. Um, there was some things that I really liked about it. There were some things that I thought were very strange and maybe a little mm. bit uh, kind of young for the intended audience you know i almost felt like i was maybe reading a one of the notebooks or something that's oh just like the the zucchini stuff mm Mm-hmm. just yeah i know it's still like (laughs) vandalism but it's like really we're gonna spend half the book on who smashed a zucchini
0: yeah we'll have to talk
1: we'll definitely have to talk about that I don't know if you've ever read any of the, like, clue crew or the notebooks or anything, but Mm -hmm, all of them are like that. of like, who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Who got the paint on the wall? You know, that kind of.
0: Yeah.
1: And they, I mean, they do get to another real mystery as well, but it just didn't. Yeah. I don't know, it just didn't connect for me in that way. But there were definitely a lot of things that I did really like about it, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, I just, as like a new series, and as like a different Nancy Drew series, I was so interested in all the choices that they made. Yeah. Um, especially as far as like characterization goes, and structure and everything, that I, I just, I could almost forgive the... Because <laughs> definitely, I definitely, I think like my... The reason why I think it wasn't great was because of the plot and the mm. um like the actual mystery in of itself wasn't great. Right. Um but like everything else, I was like riveted, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that also might be because I'm a huge nerd about Nancy Drew, and so, <laughs> so Oh that's very warranted, I'd say. I do like that we get to meet
1: Deirdre in this. Yes! it was so great meeting her for the first time i didn't realize mm-hmm. she was going to be in this one but oh, I, no. I mean, we knew she was in this series but mm-hmm. we meet her right off the bat so
0: just Love a short it. little cameo but a delicious delicious cameo mm-hmm. i must say that i have a few issues with but we will get there yeah oh yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. okay oh yeah okay. oh yeah i wrote him down too Corey. okay good 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 yeah. I'm with you <laughs> we're all on the same page here <laughs> I do so. I really want to talk about the cover. Me too. Um, yeah, because I uh, don't know how I feel about it. Um, so, just to describe it to y'all, readers, a little bit, it's uh, um, it's like a series of squares, made <laughs> bright, bold vague. colors. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not like a. Um, It's not traditionally representative of like an image or a scene or anything like that, which is what you usually get with a lot of the mystery stories and the files, too. And I feel like that's typically the route that people would go with Nancy Drew books is like representing a scene from the book on the cover. That is definitely not what this is. Um, And (laughs) some of the. Like, I don't, I don't have an issue with the way that it's, like, little snippets of things in squares and then Nancy Drew in the big blocks and, like, the big... Co- like, I don't have an issue with that concept.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What I have an issue with is the zoom-up on Nancy Drew's lips. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> on the cover? That is very weird. Like, they couldn't
1: figure out how to fit the whole picture of her in there, and they're like, slice it in half and then just make the mouth
0: really big. <laughs> I like the eyes... On the cover, because mm-hmm. I think that it's the the Nancy Drew eyes from the traditional mystery story covers that's very uh, nostalgic and representative yes. of Nancy Drew. So I get that they're trying to make sure they bring that onto the cover, but like in a new, funky, fresh way, I guess. But like, like a why... comic book way, the way it's kind of like pixelated. Yeah, yeah definitely. Guess. Yeah, that whatever wash or whatever filter they have on that. But why the close up of the lips? What? It's weird. It's weird. It's weirdly, like, sexual to me. Yeah, I don't know. And like maybe that. I'm sexualizing lips, I don't know. But, like, <laughs> when you see a close-up of someone's lips, unless they're, like, eating. Yeah, like, why? You know? Why? Like, why? And we get the same thing on the back, too,
1: but it's her whole face. And yeah. then the same picture from the front, but smaller.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Also, what does... What does... Oh, is that the is that the key and the Fabergé egg stand? It could be, but it's so vague. You the, title, even know. the
1: title of this is so vague as well. I feel like I get nothing about the story yeah. from the title or or the cover. So yeah. Weird. Without a trace is what it's called. So like obviously we're talking about something going missing without a trace, right? But it or could someone. be called literally anything.
0: Yeah. Like, like the fabricate egg mystery, yeah. the, um, the vegetables and eggs—I don't know. Like, like yeah, <laughs> um, it's
1: just—it's so generic. Like stolen away. What that yeah. doesn't tell me anything about the mystery. Yeah. You know, like maybe really there's doesn't. a theft. Maybe
0: there's something. Yeah, it just—and they're wonder, all kind of
1: like that in this yeah, series. I was if you've say, I wonder if that
0: is if that is a trend that we will see in this series. Yeah. Yeah, So
1: that part I definitely do not appreciate Mm -hmm. about it because it doesn't... I mean, the Nancy Drew stories have always been either super dramatic, like with the Mm -hmm. files, or the mystery Mm -hmm. stories. Very, very, very descriptive, very direct. Secret of the Clock, for example, you know exactly what that mystery is going to be about. There's going to be a clock involved. There's going to be, you know...
0: Well, it's almost... It's almost like that's part of the charm of it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. when you think about Nancy Drew part of the thing you think about are the titles of the mystery stories because it's always the mystery of blank, blank, or, you know, a clue in the blank, blank, or, you know, it's always, or the The sign of of the the curse of the this, this. (laughs) It's like almost like a, um, yeah, it's just like such a, it's just such a formula. And because that's what these books kind of are, right? They're serials, they're they're formula driven mysteries to like not have that is a little bit of a disappointment. You, you might know? not even guess that this is a
1: mystery if it didn't say detective on the cover, you know? Right, right. I mean, if you didn't know it was Nancy Drew, you just saw Without
0: a Trace. That could be anything. Well, and also, Without a Trace is kind of a, quite a dramatic title. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, it makes me think of like, is the, wasn't there a TV show called Without a Trace or something? Or, uh, I wanted like like a CSI-esque, uh, NCIS-esque. TV show called Without a there Trace? There was
1: indeed actually, it okay. looks
0: like Yeah, that's why it sounds so familiar to me.
1: Yeah, in the early two thousands. And it was a yeah. mystery
0: actually. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I have not seen that. Okay. Um, and so like it I wanna say it was like about miss like missing people. It was probably about missing people. You would think that this is about like a kidnapping or a missing mm-hmm. persons Uh huh. From-
1: if and so, like, just looking on this
0: cover, and you see Nancy Drew without a trace. It's like, oh gosh, that's going to be this exciting thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. No, definitely not. <laughs> not that like I I think it's a bad book, or like it's just it's just not that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so quite yeah, quite discordant from what the actual mystery is. Mm-hmm. Um, I do appreciate the color scheme. A Little bit like I appreciate the fact that they tried to keep the like original yellow and blue a little bit, yeah, in it. that is nice. Um, especially on the spine, you know, um, mm-hmm. so that it can you know complement and you know harken back to the original stories, but yeah, I the rest of it I think is kind of garbage, <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, they certainly look like good on a shelf, but other than yeah. that, yeah,
0: yeah, but anyway. Three words. Three words. Um, food, food related.
1: <laughs> zucchini, zucchini egg,
0: produce. eggs,
1: produce.
0: Produce. This is not a
1: grocery list. This is the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Uh, yeah, a produce. N- like neighborhood. Yeah. Stuff, neighborhood drama. Mm-hmm. Neighborhood drama. I produce like it. neighborhood drama and. Hospitals, hospitals. I don't know because she's like in the hospital so for a brief, good portion though. of it. No, not a good portion of it. Like a day. Well, the other guy goes to the hospital at the end too, I guess.
1: But I don't know. It slows down the mystery quite quite a bit. But we don't ever like we don't. See no, him we in don't the see him in the hospital. No, I keep, hospital can't no, be that's one of the good. Guys. No, that's so, not a good one.
0: So produce <sighs> neighborhood drama and um, French people. Oh. Yes, <laughs> obviously. Yes, French people. That's a, there that's we perfect. Go. That's perfect. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, if you haven't read this book yet, that's what you should expect, folks. Um, <laughs> produce neighborhood <laughs> drama and French people. Um, just, just pretty boring. Pretty boring as, as it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, But no, I enjoyed it. Really, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> all um, well oh okay. anything else before we get into it yes before we do i was going to ask you does yours have um this <gasps> introduction yes. on the front inside cover of it Maze sure Cause does we need to talk about it because okay can i just read it because this is very i find yes, this very do. divisive okay So, yeah, so there's this message written from Nancy Drew on the inside cover of this first book. I am presumably there in all of them, um, but I haven't actually looked to confirm that. But, uh, okay, so this is what it says. Let me introduce myself. I'm Nancy Drew. My friends call me Nancy. My enemies call me a lot of other things, like that girl who cooked my goose. They actually sometimes (laughs) speak like that, but what can you expect from criminals? See, I'm a detective. Well, not really. I mean, I don't have a license or anything. I don't carry a badge or a gun, in part because I wouldn't touch a gun even if I could, and also because I'm just not old enough. But I am old enough to know when something isn't right, when somebody's getting an unfair deal, when someone's done something they shouldn't do, and I know how to stop them, catch them, and get them into the hands of the law where they belong. I take those things seriously, and I'm almost never wrong. My best friends, Bess and George, might not totally agree with me. They tell me I'm wrong a lot, and they have Uh, and that they have to cover for me all the time just to make me look good. Bess would tell you I dress badly. I call it casual. Mm. George would tell you I'm not focused. But by that, she'd mean that once again, I forgot to fill my car with gas or bring enough money to buy lunch. But they both know I'm always focused when it comes to crime. Always. Nancy Drew.
1: What? that last sentence is true, but Nancy's not an unfashionable, like...
0: And when would she not bring enough money for lunch? Right. She's Nancy would treat her friends forgetful. to lunch. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so. This I when I read this because I read this first, obviously before I read the book. When I read this, right. I was concerned. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh dear, yeah. what Nancy they do drew change in my her, reading here. Her personality a little bit. They do a little bit, but l- luckily in the book it doesn't seem that bad. Um, but like this. Uh, I was like, what Nancy Drew is this? What mm-hmm. forgetful, unfocused, poor dressing Nancy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nancy's always supposed to be sharp. She's supposed to be coordinated and, yeah. and like like that is such that is such that's Nancy Drewism of she's wearing a matching sweater set, Nancy Drew. Right. You know? <laughs> And swinging over a wall while she does it, right? Not right. well. And there's tripping a scene, over
1: the stairs. And, there's a yeah. scene
0: later that we'll have to talk about when it comes oh, to yeah. that too. The tight skirt scene because, wow, 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 I wow. I thought that was a little strange. Yeah. Um. So also, Corey, I thought it was interesting that it says, uh, "I don't have a license or anything," uh, and I, I presume and she's I'm not old enough. I am presuming she's talking about being a detective and carrying a gun, because that's what she says right. in that sentence prior. Um, because I'm not old enough. I'm just not right. old enough. So how old is she? Great. Because she's, she's 18, right? Is she still in high school? She's not, is she? No. No way. She can't. No way. They don't ever talk about that. <sighs> no. So how is she not old enough? Mm Mm-hmm. How is she not old enough? But also, I don't think you have to be 21 to get a private investigator's license.
1: No, I'm sure you don't. Yeah. Veronica uh, Mars does it, so...
0: Yeah, Veronica Mars does it. That's exactly right, (laughs) Corey. Veronica Mars does do that. Oh, yeah. So I just thought that was really interesting. Really interesting. And I also thought how... Nancy said, well, I'm a detective, but I'm not really a detective.
1: Mm. Like, that didn't feel like
0: something to me Nancy would say. No. Like, I feel like Nancy would be confident in her detective status, and it's actually everybody else who questions her detective status, not Nancy.
1: Absolutely. And we do see that. We do see some questioning of her detective status. And she's kind of fed up
0: with it. Like, well, I am going to show them up. But she also kind of plays it off. Like, she doesn't – she's not super confrontational about it or anything. You know, she's like, well, you know – I just like to, you know?
1: hmm
0: So I'm like, hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So very interesting. Luckily, the the book itself didn't, I think, didn't push me too far away from what I would expect from Nancy Drew, but it kind of concerns me about the series in general and what else we yeah. might see in regards to Nancy's characterization. And I just thought you all should be aware that that's literally printed on the inside cover of this book. Yes. Like, this is not a page you can rip out. That's a, that's, that's on the cover. Right. (laughs) So, yikes. But yes, anyway, do you want to jump into our summary, Corey? Yes. Do you want to start us off? Sure. So in chapter one, the start of the book, Nancy is telling us about the past. So this is all kind of set in a past tense, first person perspective. Yes. So Nancy is telling us that last Friday, when of course Corey, she was coming home from a volunteer luncheon, which of I was course. just like, okay, so still a little Where bit else Nancy would she Drew, be? still Nancy right. Drew. <laughs> <laughs> she tells us that she comes into her house and she overhears uh, someone like this guy yelling in her father's study. So she pushes her ear up to the door to listen in, um, which she has like no compunctions about. In this series. She's not ashamed of, of not. it at all. She actually she says, I prefer to call like someone would call this eavesdropping. I prefer to call it staying informed. So <laughs> love that. Love that for yes. Nancy. Good um, job. But so we find out that this is someone inside Carson's office threatening to press charges against someone. Um, she eventually recognizes the voice as her neighbor, Bradley Geffington. Um, and both he and Carson come out of the office. Um, he makes kind of this parting remark to Carson as he's, like, walking out that if Harold Safer is behind the damage to my property, he is going to pay, mark my words. Um, mm-hmm. And so Nancy realizes that he's talking about another neighbor, Harold Safer, who happens to own the local cheese shop. I just made a note of that because <laughs> it's not a local cheese shop. It's the local cheese shop. The local cheese the shop. The local cheese shop, which I thought love was it. hilarious. Um, <laughs> But so Nancy is obviously interested that that's at this point. And so she asks, you know, what did Harold do? Um, And Bradley says, he demolished my zucchinis. (laughs) Um, And at this point, we're like, oh, dear. okay, all right. Um, But Carson sees this as an excellent opportunity to offer up Nancy's amateur detective skills. And he's like, oh, great. Nancy can help you. Um, this is what you get for listening in on doors. Nancy (laughs) should have just walked right up to your room. Um, Nancy isn't, uh, upset about it though. Of course, she's happy to solve any mystery. And so she kind of talks to him a little bit more about it. And he explains that Wednesday morning, um, upon entering his garden, he found all of his zucchini plants destroyed. Um, and he thinks it's Harold because apparently Harold had been complaining about the height of his tomato cages. I don't know why this means he thinks it was Harold, but that's the explanation he gives. Um, Nancy doesn't think that this is enough justification, obviously. Um, And she also says that Harold would literally rescue a worm off the sidewalk after the rain. So she doesn't think he would just smash somebody's zucchini plants. Um, But she does agree to look into it for him. And then, Bess and George arrive. We are going to have to talk about Bess and George in depth. Please. After this. So I'm going to just skip the descriptions of them for now because there's quite a bit to talk about there. And I want to go into it. Um, But so Bess and George come. We meet Bess and George, learn a little bit about Bess and George. Um, And after some joking, uh, they agreed to help her investigate. So they kind of go throughout the neighborhood and end up at the home of Mrs. Cornelius Mahoney, Corey, mm. Mahoney. We um, remember from Alibi and Ashes. Yes, we do. We do. Mm-hmm. Um, Big family in River Heights. It is. And they give us the lore. They tell us about mm-hmm. it um, in this. this book. And <laughs> I love it. Um So we're at her house, and we're talking to her as well as two other neighbors, Mrs. Thompson and Mrs. Zucker. Um, And Mrs. Zucker tells us that she's been going house to house all week with her son, Owen, um, who we also met, who's currently running around outside, um, raising money for the Anvil Day fireworks celebration. Yes. (laughs) Corey. I'm so day. glad we played Alibi and Ashes before this Me because, too. I would have yes. never <laughs> known. I would have never known, but clearly this is this is deep lore. This is deep lore yes. and I didn't know. Mm-hmm. See, this is why I'm so happy that we're rereading that we're reading these books because like I missed out on so much that I didn't even realize that I missed out right. on. Right? Right? I can't Um, wait to go back and replay Albionish's after we read a few of these to pick out a few more, like, references. Uh I'm sure they're there. Absolutely. Um, But so, Nancy explains that this was the right money for mrs. Er, right House right money. This is the right House for Mrs. Zucker to come to because the Mahoneys are very wealthy. Um they're the only descendants of Ethan Mahoney, the founder of Mahoney Anvil Corporation. Yes, back in the nineteenth century. Um, but apparently the Mahoneys had a really bad reputation of being like unlikable and tight-fisted. Um, but apparently Mrs. Mahoney is fine and great and is actually very charitable and has like done a lot to try to fix that reputation yeah (laughs) um but i just thought that was super interesting because i they didn't talk so in the pc game albine ashes they did not talk a lot about the mahoney uh, representation or like who they really were we just kind of knew some brief references of the mahoney uh, anvil corporation i think that was it right um but that that they were like an evil bad guy family Mm -hmm. i love to hear that love to hear it that's so, so cool. Mm-hmm. Nice detail. A very, very nice detail. Um, but anyway, so Nancy explains what she is up to about the zucchinis and the whole <laughs> zucchini vandalism or whatever. And Mrs. Zucker actually says, "Hey, that exact same thing happened at my house. Someone stopped on my zucchinis a couple of nights ago, um, but nobody saw anything, or and nobody noticed anything strange. Interesting. Hmm." At this house, we also learn that there is a newcomer in the neighborhood named Simone Valenkovsky. I think that's what he said. Uh, a young, single French woman. And, and Nancy notes that the zucchini vandalism seems to have started the day that she moved to town. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Coincidence? Or mm-hmm. is she a zucchini smasher? <laughs> um, <laughs> she probably came here from France just to smash the Just zucchinis. to smash the zucchinis. What a bitch. Keep an eye Um, on her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so we decided to go meet Simone and, uh, you know, under the guise of like, welcome to the neighborhood. But actually, we want to ask you, did you smash the zucchinis? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, She, upon answering the door, she is gorgeous, of course, a gorgeous young single French woman. Hobby. um and she actually invites them in gives them like a tour of her house uh she has all of this like beautiful like art and um what's the right word air it's family heirlooms it's like her, yeah they talk about her house as being like almost like a museum with all the stuff that was in it um wow. george makes a a gross rude comment about mm-hmm. the fact that her last name doesn't sound french um right. And she explains, oh, my family actually emigrated to France from uh, Russia during the Russian Revolution. So I have a Russian last name, but I am French. Thank you very much, George. (laughs) Um, So annoying. Um,
1: And of course,
0: because of that, that's our segue into the fact that she owns a Fabergé egg. Okay, All right. We're Mm -hmm. getting it. We're getting it. Um, So Nancy notices the, the Fabergé egg because of that. Um, eventually, Nancy does get around to the fact that she is currently investigating zucchini vandalism in the neighborhood. <laughs> um, and Simone just comes right out and says, oh, well, that wasn't me. I, you know, I deep fry zucchini. I don't smash it. Um, and I also don't even have a garden. But then Nancy just, like, goes and looks out her back window and is like, well, there's just, like, isn't that a zucchini plant, like, right there? Isn't that a bunch of zucchini <laughs> in your backyard? <laughs> so funny so funny nancy is like queen of like well you're either lying or you're stupid and (laughs) but anyway
1: yeah you want to take it Sure. So um, after Nancy points this out, they go out into the backyard to kind of investigate the zucchini out there. And Simone explains that, oh, you know, I just moved in. I haven't really had time to like look around the yard. (laughs) Um, It is kind of like overgrown anyway. So I guess it's fair that maybe she might not have noticed a particular plant growing in the back. But I mean, um, to be fair, I would I don't
0: know what a zucchini plant looks like.
1: I mean, okay. if you saw zucchinis like laying on the yeah, ground, I guess, maybe, but if I it's guess. just starting to grow, you wouldn't, you know, of course, it's, yeah. just, it's like leaves. Yeah. Um, so, of course, like obviously the previous owner is supposed to plant it and then it's just been there when, when she moved in. Uh, but we also do meet Pierre, who she explains is her nephew who is staying with her over the summer because he is supposed to be going to college like in the fall or something. And so he's staying in the right college or something. He's going to yeah, somewhere. Yeah, it's like the
0: summer before he yeah, he's going to start school or something.
1: Yeah, so he's supposed to move to Chicago, but he's staying in River Heights until then. Um, of course, he flirts with Bess, because Bess is... Of course. Always talked about how all the boys want to flirt with Bess, because she's so mm-hmm. pretty and stylish and flirty and um, whatever. Uh, but Nancy says she has to go now, because she has a date with Ned this evening. Um, <laughs> you, says, you just saw what I wrote.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he wrote boo in the notes.
0: <laughs> Uh, I want Pierre. We like... want Pierre, the charming French dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> we don't want. We don't want Nat. <laughs> oh,
1: but luckily Pierre also does not want us mm. to go uh, mm-hmm. because he says, well, actually I have some friends from France coming to visit me tomorrow. Oh, There's three of them, um, <laughs> these nice guys. But of course, like they want to meet some pretty ladies while they're here. So why don't y'all all come back to the house tomorrow, Saturday evening, um, and we'll have like a little party, like a little welcome to the neighborhood party with just the french people and nancy Bess and george and oh yeah i guess if you have a boyfriend
0: bring him too <laughs> you can invite ned i guess i guess but he definitely <laughs> yes. he uses that opportunity to be like because ned mentions it or nancy mentions that she has a date with ned and he's like oh right. is it only you that has a boyfriend nancy <laughs> and she's like yeah Bess and george are both single <laughs> mm-hmm. so funny
1: Before Nancy will leave for her date with Ned, she decides that they're going to go to Harold Safer's house to question him about the zucchini thing, because obviously he's our prime suspect. Uh, So they go over there, ring the doorbell, and he answers holding a
0: mallet. Pretty suspicious, obviously. Uh, (laughs) This is supposed to be our scary cliffhanger to the next chapter. Oh, God, he's holding a mallet. Uh Everybody duck. Duck.
1: So obviously this means he's the zucchini smasher. No, just kidding. He explains that he's actually been trying to hang some curtains in his house, and Bess is like, Oh, well, that won't help you. Let me kind of take over this project. We learn that Bess is actually super handy. She actually really uh-huh. likes working on cars and is really adept with working with power tools and stuff. Um, so Bess and George go off to like get the tools or whatever they do, would need to hang the curtains while Nancy kind of questions Mr. Sha- Mr. Safer Safer, Safer about the incident.
0: I don't know, man. Safer, Sometimes when right? I take notes, I start writing the wrong thing and then I just keep writing the wrong thing, but...
1: No, it's I'm pretty safer, sure you wrote it right. I think I'm just pronouncing safer. it wrong. It's Safer. Safer. Yeah, safer. My mouth wants to say Schaefer for some reason. Um, but yeah. he, he explains that he didn't really know anything about the zucchini incident until Mr. Geffington came into his cheese shop the next day and accused him of smashing the zucchini. Um, apparently, apparently, it's like well known in town that Mr. Safer just really loves sunsets. There's two things that he loves <laughs> in this world. It's, it's sunsets and like musical theater, Broadway. Yes, Broadway musicals. <laughs> Yeah, and cheese apparently, and that's like his thing. So, listen, what a fucking life! (laughs) I, I am with Harold Safer, Team Harold Safer. Got good taste. Good taste. Harold Safer,
0: cheese, Broadway musicals, and watching the sunset. That's a dating profile right there. Can't go wrong. (laughs) We should make a we should make a sticker of Harold Safer's dating profile, and just (laughs) loves cheese. Watching the sunset and recreating Probably the musicals. entire <laughs> yeah, soundtrack, too. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Turn off hanging curtains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, he says, Oh, I, it couldn't have been me because I was so busy watching the sunset that night. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then after the sunset I came in and I was listening to some Broadway musicals very loudly so I wouldn't have heard any zucchini smashing going on outside right mm-hmm. um and he says he barely heard the zor- uh that night after the sunset Mrs Zucker came by with little Owen to um to try to sell the the tickets that she was trying to sell um he was listening to the music so loudly that he could barely hear the doorbell ring whenever they came over right and then the next morning he didn't see any of the zucchini smashing because bradley uh mr gaffington gets up early in the morning so he must have just like already cleaned it up by the time he's awake right um and then they get sucked into like a a broadway musical conversation with Harold, (laughs) so much so that nancy um like realizes that she is now late for her date with ned
0: surprise surprise classic. Or is this, no, she's not late yet. She's not late yet. Cause then she goes well, back, right? Yeah. She just has to rush. She, yeah, well, okay. she, she realizes she needs to, to leave. So she has to yes. make an excuse to leave. Gotcha. Um, so she goes inside, she goes home and once she gets inside, Hannah tells her that she just got a phone call from a very upset Simone. Um, so Nancy calls her back and Simone tells Nancy that the Fabergé egg is now missing from her living room. Ooh. yes thank you finally something a little bit more interesting than smashed zucchini, <laughs> zucchini. <laughs>
1: um
0: so nancy rushes over to her house simone tells her that she also called the police uh we get a little bit of a mention of chief mcginnis we've got <laughs> to talk about this too later because i have some things to, to say about that very um, different it's a relationship very interesting. than
1: what we're used to yeah
0: yes Um, But Simone shows Nancy the empty case, and she tells her that nobody has touched anything since they noticed that the egg was missing, and nothing else seems to be missing. Uh, So it seems to be just the egg. That is super strange, since Simone has so many valuables (laughs) just out around her house. Um, You would think that if someone came to steal, they would take all that stuff as well. Um, But so at this point, Pierre comes out and introduces us to his friends, Jacques, Theo, and Renée. God, classic. How could you pick any more French-sounding <laughs> names? Um, they, uh, he tells her that they arrived fifteen minutes after Nancy Bess and George had left. Um, after arriving, they did not lock the front door, and uh, so Simone left to go run some errands for the party, and the boys decided to go for a walk and must have left the door unlocked, and that gave someone the opportunity to come in and take the egg. Um, and they were gone for about an hour. So Rene and Jacques came back to the house, leaving uh, Pierre and Theo out at the river. And they find Simone, who had just also come in and noticed that the egg was missing. So then they call Renee. Then they call Pierre and Theo back in. <laughs> Too yes. many Frenchman names in this. I know. <laughs> um, so Nancy's like, okay, great. I'll try to find this egg for you. And they're just like, okay, cool. <laughs> thanks, Nancy. These new people in town who don't know who Nancy is. Right.
1: Um,
0: she does notice that Jacques is looking at her strangely, but she thinks maybe he just thinks it's weird that I've offered to investigate. Um, you know?
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but now she realizes that she's late to meet Ned, and so she has to rush off to meet him at the movie. Um, the movie's already started, so she offers to buy him dinner instead. I think... That this is actually quite a good apology that Nancy yeah. makes to Ned. It did not Finally. seem like a um, like a classic case of Nancy treating Ned like a doormat. Um, right. It seemed like a very like uh, reasonable, understandable situation in which there was an emergency that someone asked, you know, for her help with. Um, mm-hmm. She was she was only running ten minutes late, which is only honestly, ten minutes. Not even really late, in my opinion. I think you're not, mm-hmm. like, late, late until it's at least 15. You know what I mean? Right. And really, then, not even until, like, 30. You know? Like, I, mean, there's, I say... mean, it's a movie. There's previews and there's commercials right.
1: before you really and get also, into it. But
0: It depends on the circumstance. Like, if you're just going to do something fun, it's acceptable to be half an hour late. If it's, like, a meeting or an appointment or something, obviously... Sure, that's different. You but... need to be a little bit more on time. But... It's just a movie. Ned's her long-term you know? boyfriend, she's 10 minutes late
1: that yeah, warrants it's an apology okay. whatever
0: but um but she's like I'm so sorry let me treat you to dinner perfect excellent yeah we love to wonderful see. way to make amends very healthy finally anyway sorry um so I just had to call it out because I was like it, okay nobody can accuse Nancy of being a rude girlfriend here I don't think I don't right think. Um, <laughs> But so they go to this bookstore slash cafe, which also, by the way, great business model. Love that. Sounds amazing. (laughs) Um, And uh, Nancy tells him that she'll tell him about, you know, the mystery and everything that kept her kind of late once they order. But Nancy notices that there are zucchini fritters on the menu. And so she orders that from Susie Lynn, who is also the owner, who came to take their order. And Susie immediately flings her hands up in the air and proclaims, "Don't talk to me about zucchini!" <laughs> oh God. Okay. So sorry. Can I just say this book made me so hungry? I know. God, I wanted some zucchini fritters. Right. Sounds delicious. I just want to make
1: them. That's all I want to eat now.
0: But <laughs> mm-hmm. so Susie exclaims explains to nancy that everybody's been up in arms over zucchini bradley came in and saw the special earlier um after which harold safer just happened to show up and they had this massive argument obviously it was about bradley's destroyed zucchini um Mm -hmm. and then simone also came into the restaurant to buy canapes for the party tomorrow um and she started raving about the zucchini and bought like all of the zucchini fritters that Susie had. Then a bunch of little boys, including Owen, came in and like started yelling about how zucchinis taste like boogers. So anyway, Susie has had a day with the zucchini, and in fact, she's over it. They're out, so don't order zucchinis. Order something else, Nancy. Um, and Nancy's like, okay, sorry, sure, I'll have what he's had. <laughs> um, but interesting. Um, But so then Nancy chats with Ned about the mysteries a little bit um, and she does mention that she wonders if the missing Fabergé egg um, was an inside job Um, because she Mm -hmm. remarks that it was strange that the boys didn't return all at once. That got her uh, suspicions up. Um, So she's very happy that she's going to get to see them again tomorrow during the party tomorrow. And Ned's all like, party? What party? And then Corey, who else remarks, Ah! "Party? Did someone say party?" Deirdre Shannon walks in. Deirdre Shannon, of course, with an ear for a party like nobody (laughs) else—a
1: party that Ned is going to be at. Exactly, exactly, Mm
0: -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. She's all like, "Is there going to be a party? Please invite me. I love parties." um so of course
1: deirdre's interested in this and then they're, they're like oh no deirdre it's just like a little housewarming party for nancy's neighbors don't worry about it you're not invited to simply, <laughs> Basically. But Ned's gonna be there <laughs> um deirdre does tell them that she has actually heard of simone and what she's heard is that simone was apparently kicked out of france because she's mentally unstable and a danger to the public all right, Deirdre, with the drama. Um, apparently, she also has some ties to the rough <laughs> Russian mafia. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, we get a little like scene with Deirdre. She's got a guy with her that Nancy refers to as like generic boyfriend number Ooh. thirty-seven. Or Sick we'll talk burn. about this later. Yeah. <laughs> but then it, that's all we get of Deirdre in the book. I thought maybe mm. she would come back for something yeah. at the end, but she was really just there to give us that info about the Russian mafia, or whatever, and then she and Janine and boyfriend leave and go to their own table in the restaurant. Uh, But then the next morning, Nancy is volunteering at the local animal shelter. Of course, the entire time she's having a hard time. Yes, of course. (laughs) Uh, But she's having a hard time keeping her mind on the volunteering and not the mystery itself. So she does her volunteering and afterwards she goes to start getting ready for the party. uh, But she decides to call Chief McGinnis and ask him if he found any like fingerprints when he visited the the crime scene um he says no no unusual fingerprints just Nancy's fingerprints and then you know Simone Pierre and the the other guys who are, everybody who's living in the house or staying in the house um, so they're just keeping an eye on things um, just trying to look around town for places where a stolen object might turn up like pawn shops and stuff like that um, and then Nancy of course is a little bit more um, egged on egged on haha to this <laughs>
0: Well done. Uh,
1: to this idea that maybe it was an inside job. Um, so she f- uh, finishes speaking with the chief, and then Bess calls, sounding frantic, and says she has some terrible news for Nancy. That's just a, a cliffhanger, though. The terrible news is that Bess is held <laughs> up and she can't come help Nancy get ready for the party.
0: <laughs> wow. Yep. So uh, Nancy's like, okay. Cool. Well, great. That actually means that I can spend the afternoon doing investigating instead of being trapped <laughs> in my room with you. Um, Try my <laughs> Right. And so she spends her afternoon questioning more neighbors, um, unfortunately to no avail. But she does also search the Internet and apparently becomes an expert on Fabergé eggs. Um, I'm not really sure why they mentioned this. Um, but it was like very particular about the fact that there were 56 eggs that had been made and only 44, like they like only 44's whereabouts were unknown or were known. Um, mm-hmm. and I was yeah, just it's like, it's just one of those, like, but I thought it was like, maybe was this going to come into it somehow, but whatever, uh, Ned then comes to pick her up and we head to the party. Uh, as we head into the party, all of the French boys are of course very happy to see Nancy, Ned, Bess, and George, who are also now there. Um, except for Jacques, who is looking morose in the corner, um, though he does say hello. Um, mm-hmm. Bess is, of course, immediately the center of attention amongst all of, course she of is. the French boys. Um, as she should be. As she should be. And then George makes a side comment to Nancy, while everybody's kind of occupied, that Simone seems strangely happy, considering that she was robbed yesterday. Um, but You know, maybe she's just putting on a brave face for her guest. Is this suspicious? Mm -hmm. We don't really know. Nancy then asks Simone if her egg was insured. So she has this thought like, well, maybe she's happy because she just realized she's getting a massive insurance payout. But Simone tells us, actually, you know, it was, but just before I moved here, the policy expired. um, And I had an appointment next week to get it insured um, by like an American company, you know, now that I live here. But she guesses, well, I don't have it, so I guess I'll have to cancel that. So this is very interesting information.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The egg disappears right in the window where the egg was uninsured, and also right before Simone was about to get it insured again. Right. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um So then Simone walks off to uh, do something in the kitchen, and Nancy decides that this is an excellent time to question other guests. Uh, Jacques is now nowhere to be seen, um, so she decides to start with Theo. Um, He does say he wonders why Simone didn't safeguard the egg more carefully, um, since it was so valuable. Then he asks Nancy to dance, to which she says yes, even though you can tell she feels uncomfortable about it with Ned being there. Mm -hmm. I really want to talk about this later, too. Because I thought this was super interesting. Um, And then, like, after just one song, Ned cuts in. So you can tell Ned wasn't comfortable about it, too. Right. Didn't (laughs) let that go on too long. But the moment, Corey, the moment. So, like, as she's dancing with Theo, she's, like, thinking about Theo and thinking about Ned. But then the moment she starts dancing with Ned, she starts thinking about the mystery. Yep. What does that mean, Corey? Interesting. Very interesting. Um, Ned
1: drama here for
0: anyway afterwards (laughs) she makes a comment to pierre that like it's unfortunate that the egg went missing just as your friends came into town it was it was clear to me that she meant that like you know bad timing to like bum out your trip or whatever um but pierre gets super defensive um and asks if nancy is like suggesting something that his friends might be responsible um And then he turns around and loudly accuses her, saying that she and her friends are actually the only ones in River Heights who knew that the egg even existed. Um, So maybe it was you who stole the Fabergé egg, Nancy. That's quite a twist. Honestly, I was like, okay, fair play. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah fair play because if I was Simone and uh, I just show these rando neighbors around my house with all these valuables and then suddenly one of those valuables is missing literally 15 minutes after they leave. Mm-hmm. Pretty suspicious. I would suspect them. I would be like ring ring chief McGinnis Nancy Drew stole my Fabergé egg. Right. <laughs> like... Um, from
1: how how chief mcginnis is in this book he would probably have believed it seems like yeah or at least been happy to arrest her right right Mm, we'll get to chief mcginnis more later though yeah but anyway um so he kind of calmed down calms down a little bit after simone comes over and it's like absolutely not she chastises them a little bit for it um but now nancy is kind of upset with herself for doing this because now she's kind of lost her chance to question the other right other guys about it without them being suspicious that Uh she's investigating now right so um she does go over to speak to to jacques who was out of the house but now he has come back and he still seems kind of really somber and Nancy asks him what's on his mind. He says um, you know what let's not talk in here I'll tell you though but come outside with me let's go onto the porch and she's like yeah okay let's go no problem Jesus (laughs) Uh, so he seems even more sad now that they're outside and Nancy's like oh okay he's definitely about to admit something to me here this is going to be so easy Uh, but he tells her that no I'm actually thinking about my new car (laughs) there is this sports car that I've wanted for like a really long time and I've never been able to get it, but I just bought it here in America and now I've got to like figure out how to ship it back to France, but at least it's mine now. And I'm so excited about it. Um, you know, you Nancy, you'll have to come for a ride with me sometime in the new car. And it's just, it's very weird. Uh He's never like there it is over there. Nancy never asked to see it or anything. It's just like, okay, you got your new car, and that's obviously why you're sad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he's very obviously flirting with Nancy here. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> but then, just as just while they're talking, Nancy notices over in the back of Bradley Geffington's yard, she can see like a shadowy figure moving around kind of in the backyard.
0: And she's like, <gasps>
1: The Zucchini Smasher
0: comes back. (laughs) (laughs) Must catch the Zucchini Smasher. Yes.
1: So Nancy takes off
0: running. So she runs over there um, with Jacques shouting after her. And she's kind of like wishing, like, good grief. Shut up, Jacques. Shut up. Trying to be sneaky here. But he's like right on her tail. And then immediately, like so quick, I didn't even realize what was happening. She trips on the stairs like slides backwards, bangs her head and blacks out. Wow. Now things have just ramped up in a big way. <laughs> um, They also
1: made it, a big deal about her skirt that she like, because best routine. didn't help her get ready,
0: she was wearing the wrong skirt and so it was hard right. to run in. It she was like, just this haul. She got... She was got absorbed in, like, her internet research and didn't realize what time it was, so she had to, like, quickly get ready. And so she just, like, put on this skirt outfit that Bess had, like, picked out for her, but the skirt was a little too tight or tighter than she would normally wear. Right. Um, but she didn't have time to, like, think about a different outfit or whatever, and so she just put that on. And then the whole night, she was, like, complaining about her tight skirt <laughs> and, like, being uncomfortable. And... And then when she's, like, running, she's like, I would have, I would have, like, leapt over the porch railing if I could have, but I couldn't because of the tight skirt. But so, (laughs) yeah, so she slips, falls, blacks out, um, and then wakes up in the hospital, which, thank God, Nancy went to the hospital. She didn't just wake up on the porch and then say, oh, everything's fine. Um, Honestly, first time Nancy's ever gone to the hospital. (laughs) <laughs> um and Ned is there by her side um he tells her that she hit her head Jacques had come running and basically the whole neighborhood showed up uh to help Nancy uh, Mrs. Zucker was there and she called an ambulance Nancy wonders how she even tripped in the first place even taking into account the tight skirt because she wouldn't have tripped that quickly like or she would have like caught herself when she was falling Mm-mm. um but I uh, don't whatever um but so (laughs) yeah oh I think I get it like it was it was like the way that she fell and it was like fast almost like stepping on a banana peel fast like boom Mm. boom she's out you know what I mean whereas like normally if you would trip you would realize that you were tripping but she didn't even realize that um but so the next morning uh after Nancy goes to sleep or whatever. Nancy calls George from the hospital and asks her and Bess to make an excuse to meet with Pierre and his friends, do a little more digging because she's stuck in the hospital. Um, of course, George agrees to, and in fact, they've already made plans to see the boys again, which is very funny, um... (laughs) She tells Nancy just this quick little bit that all of the boys are chipping in to buy her flowers, um, but Jacques was actually really shocked at the price of the flowers um, and is actually very broke at the moment and can't afford it. Um, Renee, and she tells Nancy that Renee and Theo even had to chip in to get his plane ticket to the US, which is very strange because if mm-hmm. that is true, then how did he afford to buy a brand new sports car, the one he was bragging about last night to Nancy? Right. What is that about? Hmm. So obviously this makes Jacques look very suspicious. Did he just come into a large amount of money from (laughs) stealing a Faberge egg? Right. Um, Right. Uh, So George also mentions to Nancy that she thinks her fall was suspicious. She says if she had tripped, she would have caught herself and not fallen down that hard. Um, So she wonders, like, did Jacques push you? Um, Nancy can't remember, but now that they're thinking about this and with this new information about Jacques, she tells George, actually, you know what? Don't see them again. Make sure you're watching him from a distance. He might be a dangerous guy. Um, so later, Bess and George come to the hospital and tell her, hey, guess what? We staked out Jacques. Um, they hid, they hid behind Simone's house, um, and watched, while some of the boys were working in the garden. And then they saw that Jacques was heading uh, into town on foot, not driving a new sports car, walking. (laughs) Um, So they tried to follow him, like, discreetly through a ton of shops, which included a jewelry store, a consignment store, and three antique stores. Very suspicious. Very suspicious. Um, But Bess, of course, being Bess was noticed
1: by Jacques. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> um so she I think the way they explain it that she was playing it off super well actually. Yeah. Um, and she, George ruined it. Right, George is the one that ruined it, but we can talk about that later, I guess, if we want okay. to. Um but so George asks him, hey where's your new car? Why are you walking around town on foot? Um, And uh, Jacques got super flustered with that question. He's like, oh, it's in the shop, you know, but he also couldn't say what was wrong with it when Bess asked, because Bess is super interested in cars. Mm -hmm. um, And he couldn't even describe like details about his new car when Bess asked. Um, Hmm, Very strange. And then the next day, just as Nancy is about to leave the hospital, she gets a call from Simone um, and Pierre checking up on her. Uh, Pierre says if someone pushed Nancy down the steps, then it puts the egg into perspective, and they should just leave the investigation to the police. But I found this super weird, and even Nancy yeah. kind of it as weird, because didn't Jacques tell Pierre and them that it was an accident? Why would Pierre suggest that it wasn't an accident? Right. Hmm. Suspicious. Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. You want to take it?
1: Sure. Okay, so then later, once Nancy gets home, she gets a phone call from Jacques, who says that he's so sorry for not being near enough to her when she fell to have been able to catch her. Um, he tells Nancy that, actually, I was distracted by this shadow that I saw in Mr. Geffington's backyard, um, and I didn't like notice you falling down in time mm-hmm. for me to have done anything to have helped. Uh, Nancy's like, wait, you saw a figure too. Can you describe it? How big was it? How tall was it? Was it, you know, does it was a person shaped? Could it have been a, a big dog maybe? Um, and he he says, Yeah, it might have been a person crouching down, it could have just been a big dog. I don't I really wasn't able to to see very much and, and you know, and then I saw you fall, so I didn't notice anything after that. Um, And now Nancy is worried that, hey, maybe Jacques is being framed. Maybe somebody else sneaked up and pushed me. Maybe they were trying to make it look like Jacques was Mm -hmm. part of it. Um, You know, who knows? So Bess and George come over a little bit later and Nancy explains his theory to them. So they walk over to Simone's house because they're going to go talk to the guys again. And just as they're coming up, they see Jacques is up on a ladder and the ladder crashes to the ground with him on it. Yikes! Um, they go running over, and Pierre and uh, Pierre's there with Jacques. They'd been working outside, but they'd gotten locked out. Um, and Pierre says that that's the reason that Jacques was up on the ladder. Um, He was trying to, like, find a way to get back into the house or something. So Nancy runs across the street to Mrs. Zucker's house to try to find a phone. um, And Owen, the the little boy, happens to be standing outside with his baseball bat. He's like, Nancy, come play with me. Come play with me. And she's like, not now, Owen. Go get your mom. It's an emergency. You need to go get her to, like call an ambulance or whatever. Um, so he is like, here, hold my bat. And he runs inside to go get his mom. Um, and Nancy kind of remarks that this baseball bat is like really gooey and gross. <laughs> and she's just like <laughs> trying to be polite and ignoring that she's holding this little boy's disgusting baseball bat. Uh, but anyway, Jacques gets taken to the hospital An ambulance comes. He's safe and everything. And Nancy, Bess, and George are on Simone's porch discussing the case uh, when Mr. Gaffington comes along he asks Nancy like hey if you had time to like look into the zucchini case or anything and he tells her that the the zucchini smasher had actually struck again the previous night and he found remain he found remains of that zucchini like smashed all over his porch and there was just kind of zucchini slime everywhere Sunday morning um, and so now we know actually Nancy had slipped in that zucchini that was smashed all over the porch and not that she was pushed. she had just slipped in the the goo Mm -hmm. Um, and Pierre calls and and lets us know from the hospital that Jacques is going to be okay
0: so they're all like sitting on the porch talking about this um and then Hannah they see Hannah like walking down the street looking super angry um and she comes over and she like yells at Nancy for not being in bed resting as she is (laughs) supposed to be uh so Nancy has to go home And spend the rest of the day in bed, uh, just leaving Bess and George to talk to Theo and Renee. But later, Bess and George do stop back by her house and tell her they didn't learn much from Theo and Renee, but they did confirm that Jacques too broke to even afford bus fare, uh, let alone a car. Um, But he does tend to make up stories to girls he has, or to to impress girls that he has crushes on. So that is likely what he was doing, is that he was flustered, you know, didn't want to tell Nancy what he was actually thinking, but did you know want to impress her so made up a story about a new car right <laughs> um nancy's like okay great sure fine but i've been sitting here thinking all day and i have finally realized who the egg thief is ah! here we go Close here us in, Nancy we go <laughs> she's like okay i'll explain on the way to simone's house and off they dash she definitely doesn't explain on the way to simone's house um no. but we do get to Simone's house and Nancy explains it all there to everybody there. Simone, Theo, Renee, Bess and George, Jacques and Pierre are still at the hospital. Um, But so she tells us all that she realized that only one person had the opportunity to steal the egg. She was so tripped up by motive with like money and all that stuff that she wasn't thinking about opportunity, but actually only one person had the opportunity. So the guys say that once they all arrived, they took their bags upstairs and then almost immediately went out again. Um, Nancy asks, did Pierre go upstairs to help you with your bags? And they said, no, he just pointed the way and stayed downstairs. So Nancy concludes that it must have been Pierre who had taken the egg and then stashed it somewhere. Um, At this point, Simone immediately leaves the room and then comes back with the Fabergé egg. She had found it in Pierre's bag. Okay, so just as she comes back into the room and is holding this Fabergé egg, Jacques walks in the front door and just goes white. So we realize, and he tells us, that Jacques knew Pierre had taken this egg. That is what had had gotten him so cut up and what he was so uh, uh, upset by. That's what he was doing in town. He was trying to see if Pierre had taken this egg somewhere and hawked it. He was trying to find it. Obviously, Pierre is his friend, so this is uh, super upsetting to him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also why he was up on the ladder today. Um, he thought that being able to be in the house alone would give him an opportunity to see if Pierre had hidden it somewhere. Um, and to be able to search his room. Um, but because he couldn't previously, because Pierre was sticking to him like glue. We think Pierre realized that mm. Jacques knew what he had done and was sticking close to him on purpose. Nancy doesn't voice this, but she also uh, realizes that Pierre very likely pushed Jacques off that ladder, that this wasn't an accident, that he did that on purpose. She mm-hmm. doesn't say that out loud, but she looks over at Simone and because uh, she she concludes that she realizes that from the look on her face, she must be thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I really want to talk about this later, too. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so just then, Pierre enters the room from parking the car, and then that is the end of the scene. <laughs> Cut to a barbecue. So, okay, here we go. We realize, okay, we must have resolution. Of course, all the resolution happens off stage, and we don't get to see it. Right. So frustrating. I really <laughs> want the... I, would have gotten away with it too if it were you meddling kids scene, but <laughs> oh well. They're at a barbecue. Nancy is eating grilled zucchini. Um, and she tells of us she's chatting. I know. <laughs> of course, they had to have grilled zucchini. <laughs> That's what the that barbecue is basically just a zucchini fest. Everybody's yes. eating zucchini. Um, but everybody's talking, and we find out that Pierre was sent back to France a few days earlier to a very angry father, and Simone decided not to press charges about the stolen egg. I guess Jacques decided not to press charges either, but we don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, and here is where we get the whole convoluted tale that I'm still not really sure that I understand. And this is my this is my biggest issue with this book is this yeah. explanation. But okay, so here's the story. So we learn that Pierre stole the egg because he thought it was a fake. And that Simone was about to find out that it was a fake because of her upcoming, like, insurance appraisal. Okay. Apparently, Simone's older brother, who is Pierre's father, and Simone's father had some kind of beef. So when Simone's father died, he left the Fabergé egg to Simone, even though her brother was the one who wanted the Fabergé egg. Mm -hmm. So... Her mother had a fake Fabergé egg made to give to Simone's brother, but just as like a replica to enjoy. Everybody knew that it was a replica, that it wasn't real, Um, but like for like nostalgia's sake. But Pierre thought it was real. And in fact, Pierre's dad actually told him that he had stolen the real egg back from Simone previously. So when Pierre saw Simone's egg, he stole it in order to quote unquote save his father's good name and prevent other people from thinking that his father had stolen a fabergé egg. Mm. that he didn't actually steal. Right. Because he just has a replica. Cuz he just has a replica. Are we all tri- uh, do we all do we all get that? Yeah. Cuz woof.
1: How convoluted. Is, is this noble like doing it to protect your dad? He wasn't
0: doing it for fin- financial I have gain, so many I guess. But it's about just this just like really it was such gymnastics such gymnastics in this story like it could have been so much simpler we'll we'll have to talk about that we'll have to talk about that but yeah so yeah (laughs) we also learned that simone hired somebody else to fix up her garden and so now she's hosting this neighborhood uh backyard barbecue um and we learn that uh, Bradley and Harold are friends again because Nancy also solved the zucchini mystery. Hooray! <laughs> um, obviously, the most obvious solution. It was Owen with a baseball bat in the garden at night. He was going around to neighbors' houses with his mom, and while she was inside, he was going around to their gardens and smashing their plants as zucchinis because it's his least favorite vegetable. Um, and we know that because Nancy touched his gross sticky baseball bat yeah yep that's the zucchini mystery and that's it (laughs) oh my goodness
1: what a convoluted ending yeah and the like the only reference we get to any sort of like dad brother or conflict thing is that when nancy's in the hospital like simone offhandedly mentions something (laughs) on the phone like oh i'm so glad pierre and i have had the chance to like you know, reconnect the, the this this summer because his dad and I aren't really close and there was this conflict with my father and Nancy's like, oh, I won't be rude and ask for details. And
0: that's all we get. Uh, and she puts that together from this somehow? Okay. Well, I think that's what came out. Like, I think that's what Pierre, okay. Pierre confessed to. Gotcha. So she gotcha. didn't actually figure out the motive, but...
1: She, she yeah. just, like, knew something was off because of... That little comment mm-hmm. that, oh, somebody oh, right. doesn't get along, and so there must be more mm-hmm. to it,
0: right? Mm-hmm. I okay. think, <laughs> honestly, they don't highlight this, but I think the real reason why she thinks... Like, she starts having the idea that it was Pierre was because of the phone call where he talks about the, you know, accident that might not have been an accident with her sleeping. Right. Um, but, like, yeah, they don't even... They don't even mention that. I'm like, obviously, that's the giveaway. That's the tip-off. Like, I don't understand why we have to play out this whole, it's just the opportunity. It's just the opportunity. Because also, she she doesn't even really know that the opportunity wasn't, like, that nobody else had the opportunity until she goes there and questions them. And they say, oh, yeah, Pierre didn't come with us. Yeah, so I don't even know why they make that such a big deal. Like why it's like, oh, Nancy didn't you know uh Nancy couldn't have learned from her intuition, she had to learn from deduction, like I just didn't get it, but whatever, yeah, so obviously, the mystery is the the biggest issue with this book, um mm-hmm. it's not super great. I, I didn't mind the fact that it was, like, all cutesy, at least the zucchini part. Like, I thought Mm. that was okay, especially because it, you know, there was a different, larger mystery that obviously was our focus, our main focus. We just needed the zucchini one to get us to that. Um, So I didn't mind that. But what I minded was the fact that, like, we didn't really get to... Understand and reveal, like like it all got revealed to us after, and the actual reason for the theft was so convoluted and unnecessary. Right. Yeah, so <laughs> that's my that's my issue with it. I don't
1: know. There just wasn't. She didn't really. Yeah, she did look into it. To be right. fair, she did do her due diligence of looking into mm-hmm. things, but there just weren't that many suspects. And after mm-hmm. a while, it was like, well, of
0: course, right. Of Course, it's somebody in the house. Mm -hmm. Right. But a lot of other interesting things happen in this book. Yes. And the thing I am most interested to talk to you about is Bess and George. Yes, yes. Okay. I, okay. Their characterization in this book is so different than. So much better. So much better. Worlds better. Leagues better. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Bess, finally. I know.
1: finally,
0: she's not okay. She's a little different, but she's not too different. But the way that they talk about her is so much different than the yes. way they talk about her previously. Like, thank goodness it was. she still time. right. She's still into to clothes. They do even still describe her as being like plumper than mm-hmm. Nancy and George, but they call it curvy. And they yeah. talk about how people find her beautiful like she is like the attractive one like she yeah. is the one that the boys are into because she cares so much about her appearance because like she's flirty and nice and and it's not oh, i love it it's, <laughs> it's so much better so much better we also don't obsessively talk about her food consumption right we don't ever mention that in this book
1: nope. not nope.
0: once not nope. once oh it's Even so good there's zucchini. They're at parties where it's very possible that, that she goes and helps Simone in the kitchen sometimes. Mm-hmm. They talk about, yep. like, cookies and sweets, but we don't talk about Bess eating them. Finally. Finally. <sighs> so and they happy. give her other attributes totally. as well.
1: They do. Her whole personality isn't just rag on Bess mm-hmm. for eating
0: food and mm-hmm. liking boys. That, that, she likes cars. She's really good at mechanical things. Yeah. I was a little bit irked by the fact that they had to make it like a car and technical obsession because I felt like it was uh, a bit of a, like, saying, like, it's not okay for girls to just like clothes and boys and stuff. Like, they also have to have a balanced interest or whatever. It's like... Right. It's kind of... (laughs) But I get it. I understand why, right? It was an attempt to, like, to balance her. But I... Yeah, I... I was so pleased. So, so pleased. And George gets a little bit more uh, description as well. She's not just the sporty athletic one. She is like the technology person now. She's into computers and the internet and all of that stuff. Um, I somehow still find her just as annoying. I don't know if that's a personal problem (laughs) or what that's about. Um, I think she's still super rude. She's she makes rude comments. Uh, yeah, on the she off definitely end. is still rude. To Simone, she makes a rude comment. Um, Nancy talks about her making rude comments to like to her sometimes, I think. And I feel like she did say something about best, but yeah. I don't remember
1: specifically what yeah, it was. I
0: yeah. So ugh, George, I feel like, still has some ways to go. But maybe that's just George. Yeah. Maybe George is just rude. <laughs> like okay you know mm, maybe so yeah, maybe but, but yeah I, I i feel like george still deserves some she deserves some something redeeming um right and i don't feel like we've gotten quite to that yet but right. overall i think the depictions of Bess and george are markedly improved yes in this series than in previous series um this, so this is how it should have been yes honestly honestly love it love to see it um, I want to see. Hold on. Oh, they. So one thing, they say that George's name is from Georgia and not yeah. just George. And I know this was a change that they made in the original mystery stories and the revisions. They changed it from just George to Georgia. But I really yeah. wish they had. They could have taken this opportunity to to reclaim George. George, yeah. George just George. You know.
1: Oh well. Yeah. But oh well. They had to make her more feminine. She can't just be George. We right. have to make it obvious that she, don't worry, don't worry, she's a girl. She's very well, secure in her gender identity. And she's identity. still,
0: yeah, she's still very much a tomboy, you know, mm-hmm. angular, athletic, prefers jeans to jewelry, keeps her hair short, and doesn't like her given name, Georgia, you know, so,
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay, all right, Okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's But that's pretty much all we ever get. And so I think that that is interesting um, because obviously we've seen issues in Bess's representation as far as the weird fat shaming stuff and the, you know, making her seem like frivolous and shallow and all of that stuff that um, is typically attributed to girls who, you know, like that kind of stuff. So, but I think we... We never see like the pitfalls of George's descriptions, but it's just as limiting to just right. call George a tomboy um, and not expand on her, uh, you know, flesh out her character as being like an actual real living breathing person. Um, right. She's just a sporty girl who just likes, who just doesn't like the feminine stuff. You know, it's like we right. don't have to, <laughs> we don't have to pigeonhole women. Yeah. <laughs> well we did that to Bess. Why not right. give George like maybe yeah. she really likes but I think, makeup so, or something. Like, I think so much of that is just so rooted in the sexism of like, you know, it's okay it's okay for men to act like uh, women or or sorry, it's mm-hmm. okay for for women to act like men is not okay. For men to act like women, I'm not saying right. that. I'm saying that is what sexism and patriarchy says, right? Right. So, or even the tomboy girl, it's not okay right. to give her slightly right. more feminine qualities. when we gave right. feminine best, the more right. masculine qualities, yeah. right? Exactly. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So, mm, but so this yeah. was written in, like you said, 2004. Obviously, yeah. we are close to 20 years. <laughs> In yeah. the future. Um, but so even now, you know, we can see that there are still improvement that we can make here. And I think that comes, I think that comes to George. I'm waiting for uh, it. I'm waiting for my George redemption. I'll also say Deirdre a little bit. Like, I'm oh, glad yes. that we're Let's far enough Deirdre.
1: along in our, our feminism to treat Beth's well, but mm-hmm. not far enough along to not slut oh, shame the absolute not. loving life out of Deirdre. Oh, God, yes. For the same Let's... things that best is the uh, for the same behaviors that Bess does we shame Deirdre for that and we Ab. make her sound unreasonable okay. and I know that like Deirdre's in there to play the like enemy of Nancy or like healthy feud sort of that they have going on between them but really Deirdre's only like quote-unquote crimes in this are flirting mm-hmm. and flirting too much with guys but mm-hmm. when Bess has guys flirting with her. It's sweet and it's cute and it's endearing and it's a personality trait. Mm-hmm. When Deirdre does it, she's evil and it's slutty and it's, yeah.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Did not appreciate that. Let's see. Yeah. Generic boyfriend number 37 is what uh, Nancy narrates here. Um, mm-hmm. Which, like, geez Louise. hmm Yeah. Um, Should we just read this whole little passage here? Sure. Go for it.
1: Deirdre Shannon is my age, and her father is also a successful local attorney, and we've known each other for forever. Aside from that, the two of us don't have a whole lot in common. I always like to see the best in people, even the criminals I catch, but there's not much best to see in Deirdre as far as I can tell, although best would probably suggest that she's best dressed. Uh, since Deirdre seems to care about more more about her wardrobe than she does about most people, she would probably take that as a compliment. Okay, so she yep. likes fashion, and that's just like that. Mm hmm. That's the uh-huh. thing that we hate her for. Um, right. But now she's standing there at our table in the aisle of the cramped restaurant, um, and she's smiling flirtatiously at Ned, as if generic boyfriend number thirty-seven wasn't standing right there next to her. Deirdre always seems to have a new guy on her arm every time I see her, so it would be a waste of time trying to keep track of the specifics.
0: Also, I'm sorry, but how rude of Nancy to ignore this this man just standing there. Can we talk about that? She doesn't even refer to him him as a person. She just keeps track of the specifics. Like Like he's just a a group of of details on her arm instead of like a living, breathing human being. Right. Isn't that disgusting? Like not only is it disgusting to, yeah, slut shame Deirdre and be like, oh my God, you have so many boyfriends. Uh, How awful. It's it's like she doesn't even see them as people, like she just sees them as like accessories, Ugh. which is such a fucking. So issue. maybe she, maybe her relationships aren't the longest thing in the world, but she's
1: in a relationship, and that's somehow way worse than. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with best flirting with guys, but in Nancy's mind, it's way worse for for Deirdre to have some random boyfriend every time than it is for best to have I a new guy flirting with her every really other day. Don't get
0: it truly don't get it (laughs) wow it's just because nancy hates her it's just because she hates her obviously i mean they talk about yeah she says uh nancy deirdre responded coldly um yeah so it's clearly nancy doesn't want to think well of her and so she's not um like i just (sighs) i nancy is not a good person no. We've talked about this before, before, <laughs> and again and again. And I will always come back to the fact that I love that about Nancy. I mean, obviously, I don't love the fact that she is slut-shaming Deirdre and, you know, mm. you know, not thinking about her as, like, being, like, a real person. But it's, like, but it's human. You know what I mean? Right. We do that to people that we don't like. We do. Um, and and it's important to try to deconstruct that, try to call it out, to try to improve. But the fact is that Nancy and I think us collectively as a society mm-hmm. are in denial about Nancy's character. Yep. And it's plain and clear to see on this page <laughs> But she can be just as awful as everybody else, oh, but yeah. she couches it and like, oh no, actually I'm the best. I'm this great moral paragon, mm-hmm. virtuous. I, I, you know, go to the animal shelter every Saturday and I had a charity <laughs> luncheon on Friday. Like, oh my God. You know what I Calm mean? Calm down, Nancy. Right? Right? right (laughs) like just because you just because you were involved in the community doesn't mean you can get away with being an absolute terror you know what i mean right exactly so yeah
1: um mm, mm. i mean clearly we've got like a little bit of backstory here that they're not telling us just yet because they've just introduced her as a character there's got to be some history here but from what we see in the book, just going off without a loan, she does nothing different from what Bess does, except in this case, she's going after the guy that Ned or the guy that Nancy is with. So she sure. likes Ned and that is her crime. And so we hate <clears throat> her for it and she's the the like villain of this story. Even though we don't need I mean We don't never know, even met her. We don't really need like a an anti Nancy. We already have the culprit for these right. mysteries. Like why do we also like in the Drew crew, we don't also need the rival because right. the thing we're trying to defeat should be the the bad guy, the culprit right. of the mystery, not sure. someone who's just yeah. I don't know.
0: Absolutely, it seems unnecessary Although, to have that. I do love, I love a nemesis. <laughs> love sure, a nemesis. but I feel like Brenda
1: Carlton is more like that role right. and not just like because it's not like Deirdre's That's the thing. Trying to
0: solve mysteries or report yeah. on things, yeah. Mm-hmm, that's the thing. The nemesis, the fact that the nemesis is just a normal girl who is annoying to Nancy, mm-hmm. and not likes someone, her boyfriend. Right, has a crush on a boy that doesn't even give her the time of day. Right? Sorry, no, but is not someone who's like actively like trying to stop Nancy or obstruct Nancy in some way. It's like mm-hmm. well then. Then it's just pettiness, right? Right. Then it's just like you pitting two women against each other, um, instead because they're women, right, for no other reason, Um, instead of like two like actual like fully fleshed human beings who have their own motives and you know they're not just being hateful and catty, you know, like is way more interesting than fighting over a boy, right? Which (laughs) is why Brenda Carlton is a better is a better villain than yes, deirdre shannon very true. but very, deirdre very shannon true. should just be we should just we should just we should just keep get deirdre her. anyway yeah yeah but we're just not make her villain <laughs> right yeah she can stay sassy just yeah. means he
1: needs to be better to her
0: I, I mean what would be great is if we could see them resolve their differences and come together mm. and move forward you know that would right. be excellent would love that would love right. to see, uh, you know, Nancy, you know, come side by side with another woman. And instead of, like, attacking her, supporting other women, not right. tearing them down. Or at the very least, like, give her
1: an actual more interesting reason yeah. to have butt heads with Nancy besides yeah. just boys. Like, give it a real reason. Like, in Alibi yeah. and Ashes, they gave, like, the, oh, my parents always compare me to mm-hmm. Nancy. And that kind mm-hmm. like, that was a good yeah little tidbit. but.
0: Nothing we've yeah. Like yeah. So, yeah, that is disappointing. Okay. Chief McGinnis. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Nancy's this, relationship... They really change him. They, it's changed. Nancy's relationship with the police is different in this series. Um, the At least the River Heights police. Um, right. They are no longer falling over themselves to help out Nancy. Um, they are instead quite... Annoyed with her as she mm-hmm. seems to solve cases before they are able to. Um, so Chief McGinnis is not happy when he hears from Nancy, although he does begrudgingly give her information, which I thought was weird. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, wouldn't you just say, sorry, I can't release any information about this active case to the public. Click. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't get that. But um, but yeah, but he's certainly not happy about it, which is which is far and away from what it normally would be. Um, right. So. So what do you think about that, Corey? Uh,
1: I I don't know. I feel like around this kind of time period, we have a lot of these really cliche Mm -hmm. detective formulaic things popping up in books, TV shows, movies where it's, we got to show the police up and it was just a very big cliche thing at the time. So I'm wondering if it's just kind Mm -hmm. of a a spillover from what the like common thing was at the time
0: yeah it's definitely it's definitely tropey for the detective obviously to not be able to rely on the police so obviously it's the trope for the detective to have to work alone they Mm. do that so that the detective there's higher stakes and that there's more up against the detective so that when they triumph it's more dramatic it's right so that is a detective trope for sure yeah um but i always thought that it was quite Annoying because it wasn't realistic, but interesting in the fact that it was different. I totally agree um, in the way that Nancy wasn't considered someone who uh, like wasn't capable by the police. Like the police were always surprised by her and help and like helpful and, uh, you know, wanted her to help them. Right. Obviously, we've talked a lot about how that has to do with, like, her and her whiteness. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just as, like, in and of itself, like, very different from, from the norm. Right. Um, and from, you know, the canon of Nancy Drew. And so I thought it was very weird that they changed it. Right. Um, and I really wasn't sure why, because the police weren't really a figure in this story at all. Um, I mean, Simone talks about how she calls them and that they had come, but we never see them. We never really interact with them aside from the conversations with Chief McGinnis, which is just like, I think it's just one. It's just one. I think there's a very brief phone call and then we see him at the end for the resolution where
1: she's explaining the zucchini thing to him. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I would have figured that out. Yeah. He is annoyed with her. Nancy's kind Uh. of like annoyed with them as well because I don't remember exactly who – says or I think Nancy's kind of thinking to herself I don't remember she says it to someone but the police take like over an hour to get there
0: mm-hmm. like one as soon
1: as the egg is stolen yeah she says something yeah, she about, talks about
0: their slow response time.
1: Yeah, she says they don't bother yeah. investigating if the crime won't land Chief McGinnis in like the Chicago yeah, newspapers. Yeah, right,
0: right, right, right. Wow. Yeah, so we characterize Chief McGinnis as not being like this stand-up, classic, hard-boiled cop. We get a actually fame grubbing, maybe potentially concerned about his uh, uh, public um, perception, public persona. Yeah, public yeah. perception. Very yeah. interesting.
1: So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe Nancy doesn't want to be associated with something like that. Maybe she would be a little bit more cooperative with the police or reliant on them, maybe, if if he was more of the, like, stand-up guy
0: that Nancy sees herself as. Totally. I... I Oh, gosh. Okay. I find now I'm thinking about, like, representations of the police as opposed, like, from the 50s to, like, 2000 to the 2000s, right? Oh, societally, it changed a right. whole bunch exactly. during that time. Right. So. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, I mean, just, like, well, and just, like, what what we wanted to teach to our children in the 50s versus what we wanted to teach to our children in the 2000s. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, as opposed oh, to, like, the We were the children the being taught. That's so weird. Sorry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, it. You know, in the 50s, it was trust the police. It was the police will help you. You can help the police by doing this. Um, the police are there to keep you safe. You know, you can, mm. you, know, you know, all that stuff. But whereas now, in this book, we're getting the police may not have your best interest at heart. The police aren't going to be there to help you, you know, with your, uh, you know, your issues, your crimes, or keeping you safe, your your stuff safe. Right. Um, you need to rely on your community. Um, you need to become friends with your neighbors. Um, you need to look out for each other. Did anybody see anything suspicious about, you know, this, right? That's what Nancy's doing is she's going around to her neighbors to ask them what they've Noticed in the community, right? That or, is first, very it's about zucchini. point. right? Yeah. Right. Oh, I like that. I like that uh-huh. point. I don't
1: like that. Right? That's yeah, the right. Case, But yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: Fascinating. Yes. Mm. There's so much you guys could learn from Nancy Drew. God, I want to write a thesis <gasps> on this. I should have done that at school. You should. You I could should've. still write your thesis. Well, I could have done. Could it on the psychology of, of Nancy Drew and criminality? <sighs> that would have been. Please it's write Such a that. great paper. Please write that. We'll <laughs> do an episode on it. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. Mm. Okay. Let's see what else. What else? Got?
1: I will note that. I mean, this is totally oh, an aside. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Good. No. Oh, mine was mine was really small and dumb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so is mine. Okay. Good. But it's on the subject of Deirdre Shannon. Oh, okay. She says that she has the temper of an over-caffeinated chihuahua. Oh, that's mean. Do you remember that? That's so specific. I don't remember that Isn't specifically, it? but it's she, weird. So on, um, oh, why didn't I write down the page number? But it was right where it was. Yeah. So she was hoping to avoid a patent and public meltdown. Um, in addition to her other charming qualities, she has a temper like an overcaffeinated chihuahua. That's, why? Well, first of all, don't. You don't call out chihuahuas like that. Yeah, be nice to <laughs> dogs. Second of all, over cat like that's just so rude. Mm-hmm. Like what a burn! Like that's a sick burn. That is. But like so specific. Yikes. Why so specific? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, but sorry. What was your your <laughs> choice?
1: Oh, just that Hannah makes Nancy when she gets home from the hospital. She makes her chili and milk for lunch. Like. <laughs> She's <laughs> a bowl of chili and a big glass of milk. I just thought that was gross. That's tiny gross. and irrelevant to anything. of it. A <laughs> that is gross. Um. Oh, okay. I did make another thing. I made a note for right at the end when Chief McGinnis is talking to Nancy about how she figured out the whole zucchini thing. She kind of like, maybe I should just find it and try to read it, but she kind of like, makes a jab at him for not investigating the zucchini thing like do you really Mm -hmm. expect the police to figure (laughs) out who smashed the zucchini (laughs) hold on let me see if i can find it
0: i also solved the zucchini case right under his nose he probably didn't mind that like my father that he probably didn't mind that like my father he probably thought it was much ado about nothing except that Mr. Geffington had given a long, glowing quote about me to the local newspaper without mentioning the police department at all.
1: So why would he mention the police department, though? Like, why would Chief McGinnis <laughs> be upset over that? Oh, man, I didn't get credit for catching the zucchini smasher, which was a 10-year-old. Like, mm-hmm. uh, okay. It just was weird. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so I do also want to talk about The we we talked a little bit about it in like structurally, but like the kind of gymnastics that they had to do to make it seem like Pierre was a good person, like he had good motives mm -hmm. for stealing the egg, right? And wasn't actually a criminal, and so that's why it's okay that he we didn't he didn't get arrested. He just got sent home and like a
1: slap on the wrist from his dad, right? Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which like I okay. I get that it's, like, you know, it's your nephew. You don't want to press charges against your nephew. Sure. Um, And they even talk at the end a little bit about how, like, they hope that Jacques and Pierre can, like, patch things up because they were such great friends or whatever. But Pierre tried to push him off a ladder. Right. He tried to kill him. Yeah. He could have
1: been way more seriously injured.
0: Yeah. So yeah, Pierre's crimes were awful, and I don't think that even our gymnastics about like oh there was this egg and but it, it but there was a fake, but he didn't know it was a fake, and uh, he thought it was real, and yeah. so he stole this egg that he thought was a fake, but it's not a fake; it's actually real. I all of that gymnastics, like regardless of that, I don't I don't think we can ever say that Pierre Pierre's crimes weren't serious. Oh no, um, of course not. Like honestly, stealing a Faberge egg, in my opinion, <laughs> uh, is way less severe than pushing somebody off of a ladder of course (laughs) like it's maybe more dramatic and more expensive but like that's somebody's life it's like
1: like almost attempted murder friend's life yeah
0: right you know (laughs) um but but we try to play it off like pierre you know pierre is not that big of a criminal so it's okay that we didn't press charges but would it not have been okay for them to just not press charges regardless because he's simone's nephew and she didn't want to you know, press charges against her family, like, is that not enough justification? Like, for him, like, if he was trying to steal the Faberge egg to sell it for money, and, you know, not because he was trying to save his father's reputation, is that not good enough for her to be like, I understand, my nephew made a mistake, I'm not going to press charges? Right. Couldn't well, Jacques you know? have pressed charges as well for... That's, yeah, well, that's another <laughs> thing. Yeah. Also, like, I hope they don't patch it up. I hope Jacques never speaks to Pierre again. Right. <laughs> he tried to kill you. Don't go back there, dude. Oh, what was he hoping was the outcome
1: of this? Just that his, his father gets his name cleared, and then they just don't ever. They just drop it, and like, ah, oh, we don't care to find out who it is now. We didn't find it out in a week, so we're gonna leave it alone now.
0: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, yeah. Um, I oh don't well. Know. I. I do think. Okay, so there is something that we never circle back on, um, in this, and that is Deirdre Shannon's gossip that she heard about Simone. Oh, yeah, the Russian that, mafia thing with the and the, the, the Russian mental health mafia. issues and and the mental health issues. We don't touch that, Nancy. So Nancy, oh, okay, going back to the Deirdre Shannon chapter. Hold on, where did she hear these things? Yeah, this is this is my question. But so she says that. Okay, so normally I don't like to listen to Deirdre's gossip since it's usually either completely trivial or wildly inaccurate. But she does know a lot of people, and once in a while she actually turns up some useful information. So she says that about Deirdre. Mm -hmm. So Deirdre is not always totally off base. So it's quite possible that some of this stuff is true um, I don't know how true or where it comes from or anything. We don't ever get those answers, but yeah, the fact that like, we, we I mean, we never even get any hints to Kent, any kind of mental distress from Simone. No, nope. Nothing like that. Um, which they no, easily could have no put tie- that in
1: there if they were
0: going right, to try to tie it right. in. Uh huh. Uh huh. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say that like, oh, she's acting really cheerful at this party uh even though her stuff just got stolen but it's also like well it's a party right (laughs) (laughs)
1: um but um they could have made her like extra distraught or something over the theft and then maybe Mm -hmm, nancy mm -hmm. would have been like oh maybe she does have something going on Mm and
0: yeah um we don't get anything about mafia or crime any other crimes or anything like that related to them i mean like I guess we get family drama and I guess their family is very wealthy because um, they have all of these heirlooms and stuff that are worth a lot of money. Um, it doesn't but mobsters, that though. doesn't make them mobsters. doesn't make them mobsters. <laughs> it's just, I guess the similarity they might have with the mafia, maybe. Um, but maybe, but I don't even really know, but that's it. And so now I'm like, well, okay. Is there actually quite a deeper story here that, It's not what this book is about at all, but it's what the book should be about. Right. (laughs) That would have been more interesting. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Nancy goes to France and has to deal with the Russian mafia in France.
1: (sighs) Maybe that's the next book. No, I'm just
0: kidding. (laughs) But yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah, anything else? Uh, The only other note is that there was a lot of tingling in this book that I thought was a little much. Oh, tingling every time she like has a thought she's like my detective senses are tingling (laughs) i feel a tingling with my sixth sense and like that's how she describes like having a hunch about something it's always tingling
0: (laughs) and i just thought that was
1: kind of strange
0: oh definitely i i did not pick up on that i think i counted like five or six times where nancy's
1: like my detective sense is tingling oh i have a sixth sense about these things and it always
0: tingles (laughs) why nancy so we're going to have to start a segment in this series called tingle watch.
1: <laughs> tingle watch.
0: <laughs> Every single time that we read one of these girl detective books, anytime there's a tingle, I'm going to make a note in the in the summary that tingle, tingle watch. <laughs> and then we can have a tingle watch count ah, at yes. the end of the book. Yes.
1: <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'm not going to go back and reread this to count, No, but no, no, no.
0: We'll just start moving we'll just start with
1: the next one. Yeah. I like
0: yeah. It. <laughs> Um okay. So, this might be controversial. I think you'll disagree with me on this. Okay. But I would give this book a 4 out of 5 flashlight score. Really? Okay. Okay. Really. I really enjoyed reading it. Okay. I good. It, well, part of it was because it read a lot quicker and it was shorter. so It I, was very quick, uh, yeah. It wasn't like I was – I wasn't waiting for anything, you know what I mean? It was just like right. boom, 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 we're done. Great, easy, quick mystery, right? It's a fun right. read. Um, two, I absolutely just adored seeing Nancy in this – in first person, having her describe herself and her own thoughts and stuff. I just thought – I was like, finally – um, we actually know that this is what Nancy's actually thinking. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then that was very yeah, different. the imp- Right. And the improved uh Bess and George stuff, getting to see it, this mystery is set in in River Heights and so we get all the going ons of Rivers Heights. Nancy's neighbors. We we learn about her neighborhood. We have eh? this lore of like River Heights and like the Mahonies and Anvil Day and all of that stuff, which I just know is gonna come back and we're gonna get more of. And mm-hmm. um, I just I was just so enjoyable. It was just so light and fun. It gets the flashlight knocked off for me because of the ending and because the mystery was it was a little incomprehensible mm-hmm. and like, well I could have figured that out. That was ridiculous. Why right. is it like that? <laughs> but um but other than that. I quite enjoyed it. Well, good. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you liked it. Yeah. about <laughs> you? I think I'm just going to give it a three.
1: I think it's right in the middle of the road for me. <laughs> it did have some flaws, definitely, but it definitely had some really good things that set it apart from other Nancy Drew series that we've already sure. covered. So
0: I'll say yeah. three. Yeah. yeah. That feels fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't all be, can't all be me and, and, and be such a massive nerd, but.
1: They they can't all be five flashlights either. They're not they can't all, all last
0: trying to Blue Moon Canyon. It's so true. And that is it's okay. True. That is okay. It's true. doesn't make it a, really a bad everybody's book, got by it. any means. No. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some things we can agree are trash. Yes. And that, that
1: includes. That is <laughs> no, true. <I'm> <laughs> that includes the mystery of the Cluebender Society.
0: <laughs> uh, Secret of the Old Lights. Secret of the Old Lights. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. <laughs> I blocked that one out of my memory. (laughs) I will never forget. (laughs) Never? Never. That was too funny. Okay, but yes. Next time, Corey, we are going to be covering (laughs) drumroll Number three, False Notes. Another Nancy Drew Girl detective book. Should be pretty good. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, See you then, regular Drews. Yeah, join us next time. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at RegularNancyDrew and Twitter at RegularND. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop sesh series. And all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you Regular Drews out there,